My friends, today we complete a three-week journey through uh, some of our Lord's uh, parables. Remember a couple weeks ago we had the parable of the sower. Last Sunday we had the parables of the wheat and the weeds. We had the mustard seed and, of course, the yeast and the leaven. Today we get three more, really four more. And so really uh, very important. I do believe these parables, in a particular way, uh, the ones we have today are keys, keys to uh, finding the peace and the joy, uh, eternal happiness that we are all seeking. Yet I do believe uh, at least the second one is oftentimes very much misunderstood. These parables are so important. As I quoted last Sunday, the late Pope Benedict XVI said that in the parables, Jesus is speaking of himself explaining the mystery of his mission, and thus the mystery of the kingdom. He is the solution to all, of course, that troubles us. He goes on, they speak in code about Christ. The decision that he demands is a decision about how one stands toward him. In other words, what is our relationship with Jesus like in the here and now? They are, he says, invitations to discipleship. First parable says that the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure buried in the field. So Pope Benedict is telling us that Jesus is the treasure. He is the treasure. And Jesus was buried. He was buried in the tomb. He is buried. He is hidden here in the sacraments. He is hidden in and through the sacraments in his church. We are that person who found him. We found him in the field. We have found him in the church. We are that person that found him. And our life's mission is to sell all that we have to acquire him. We do this, of course, with great joy. It is, of course, a metaphor. Many work very hard to become rich in worldly terms. Many more stri uh, dream of striking at rich. We play the lottery, perhaps. We enter raffles. Some of us go to Vegas. Uh, we watch television shows, movies even, that glamorize the lives of the wealthy. Back in the day, it was Dallas. It was Dynasty. Remember those? Beverly Hills. Uh, Be Beverly Hillbillies. We had, of course, the French pr Prince of Bel Air. Today, I don't know, I don't watch a lot of TV, Downton Abbey, I don't know, would that uh, qualify? There are many others, no doubt, I'm not aware of. You know, even Price is Right has been on television for over 50 years. And the dream of winning that uh, showcase uh, showdown is the dream of so many of us, isn't it? We do all these things. We hope that we will strike it rich and that all of our problems, our worldly problems, will be solved. And sadly, we ignore the reality that the worldly riches do not solve our problems. They might create new ones, in fact. Emptiness, of course, remains. Consider a life without friendship. A life without friendship, without love, without purpose. Consider a life without faith. Consider life without any of these very important things. We come to better understand that our greatest needs are not material, they are spiritual. Most precious things, 
the most valuable things we have, we've recognized is not a thing at all. He is a person, the divine person of Jesus Christ. Jesus is the treasure. And it doesn't matter really how we have found him. We have found him. Whether we have encountered him seemingly out of the blue, like we hear in that uh, first parable, like stumbling across a treasure in the field. Who knows how many times this person had walked in that field. Or perhaps we encounter him in our everyday lives, in our work even. It doesn't say really how this person discovered the treasure in the field. Perhaps he was simply doing his job. He was working for the landowner, simply plowing the field. And one day he came upon what he thought was a rock. And he went to investigate and discovered a good treasure, a great treasure. And his life would never, ever be the same. St. Paul, of course, most famously had one of these extraordinary moments. Off to Damascus to do his job, right? To persecute the Christians. When he's thrown to the ground, it says, by a great light. He had a life-changing encounter with the divine person of Jesus Christ. Perhaps we, please God, we have all had such encounters. Maybe not so dramatic as St. Paul. Surely we know others that have had these encounters. Tragedy can do this to all of us, can't it? It can throw us to the ground. It helps us in our uh, suffering to recognize our need for the Lord. Cancer can do this, does do this. Uh, job loss has done this for many millions of people. The global pandemic did this for all of us, helped us realize our need for the Lord. These tragedies help put life in perspective, help us understand better that we need God. He is paramount in our lives. Some people come to God suddenly in a life-changing encounter. When we discover this, when we discover uh, the treasure, when we discover Jesus Christ, then of course we are willing to give whatever it takes in order to keep him. Which leads us to the second uh, parable. This parable is, I think, I, well, perhaps you're all experts, I don't know, but I think it's widely misunderstood. Uh, the first one, I think, is very clear what the Lord is trying to say. The second one, I think, we can believe it perhaps is a little repetitive. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant searching for fine pearls. You know, I do think many of us get this parable wrong. We think uh, that, uh, that Jesus is the pearl, the fine pearl. He was the treasure, the pearl makes a lot of sense. Jesus is very valuable. We get this lesson. But that's not what the Lord is telling us in this second parable, is he? Jesus, it says, is the merchant. Jesus is the merchant, the merchant that is searching for fine pearls. Who do you think then the fine pearl is? It's you and it's me. We are the fine pearl and he is searching for us. He has literally entered into his creation as part of his search for us. We are the pearl. We are precious in the Lord's eyes. He has paid a great price. He has paid the ultimate price to acquire each of us. We are his. We are precious in his eyes. My friends, these first two parables, they are so important 
in getting life right. They are so important. They are keys, really, to finding true and everlasting peace and joy. They're about the covenant. A covenant, not a contract, but a covenant. A covenant is a covenantal exchange of persons. Covenants are kinship bonds. The Lord gave himself up to us. He gave his only begotten son to us in that perfect and total gift, that total self-gift. Our whole life mission as part of this covenant, this covenant exchange of persons, is to give ourselves back to him. And in doing so, we'll hear this in this Holy Mass, in the Eucharistic prayer, we are family. We're family with each other, of course, but we're family with the Lord. Because ultimately, what Holy Scripture is all about is about the reality that God wants to marry you. He wants to marry me. Of course, not in the same way that we have uh, uh, marriages in the earthly sense, but he wants to be married to us in the sense that he wants to be in that permanent, unbreakable bond with all of us. What we celebrate here in this Holy Mass, and in every Mass, really, is the wedding feast of the Lamb, where that union between the divine and the human happens here in the Eucharist. My friends, we have to get these two parables right if we want to have peace and joy. Love God and accept his love, properly love ourselves so we can then properly love the other. We much must get these two parables right to be truly happy. For there are eternal consequences to getting them right or wrong. Which brings us to the third parable. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a net thrown into the sea. Jesus is the net. He's the net. He's become incarnate in his world, in our world. And he's done this for a purpose, to collect fish of every kind, all varieties of human persons, right? To gather us up and to bring us home. For no one escapes our Lord's net. Today we are reminded that the good and the faithful will, will be gathered into buckets. The unfaithful and not so good will be thrown away into the fiery furnace. We're gathered into the church, in the church's life, of course, first at baptism. We're called to take advantage of the abundant ocean of God's grace throughout our please God long lives. We're called to feed upon the wisdom of the church and flourish in her sacramental life, to flourish in our conversation with him in our daily and generous prayer lives. Then at the end of our lives, during that final judgment, and there will be a judgment, we're placed in the bucket with the saints, eternal embrace of the Lord in heaven. My friends, Jesus is the treasure, and he's hidden in the sacraments, hidden behind only what appears to be bread and wine, hidden behind the screen of the confessional, hidden within sacramental marriage, and on and on. We are the pearl of great price, and he has paid the ultimate price. We are his. But sometimes hidden behind the hardened shell of our sin, sometimes hidden behind the hardened shell of self-hatred and in our lifetime of lies is that precious reality that each of us are his beloved sons or daughters and that he delights in you. 
he delights in me. He delights in all of us, and he desires to gather us into his sacred heart so that we can be with him for eternity. And so today, and really every day, please God, we hold nothing back. We give him all of us. We lay it here at the foot of the altar. No insurance, no insurance just in case the treasure doesn't satisfy. No, everything we placed right here. And the Lord will unite it with his divine person and sanctify us. We are called to be humble like Solomon was in that first reading, called to turn to the Lord in, in total trust as St. Paul was in the second reading, knowing, as he said in the letter to the Romans, that all things work for good for those who love God. We must know this to be true, and that we have been called according to his purpose, to be his heart, to be his voice in an increasingly troubled world. My friends, simply ask right now here in our church for an understanding heart. Ask for an increase in faith and hope and in love. Ask for our wills to be more perfectly united with his will. We come here seeking humility. We come here in total confidence and humble confidence, knowing that faith is a gift. We've received this gift freely. It's been offered to us. What will we do with this gift today? What will we do with this gift right now here in this Holy Mass to not just obtain it, but to hold on to it? And how will we share this greatest of gifts? I pray we are generous instruments of God's love and mercy throughout this week. And may God be praised. Amen.